You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today, it's me, your boy, Jay King from The Athletic, here with Sam Jam Packard, formerly of WEEI. We're here today to talk about the playoffs, which are finally here. Finally. After a totally meaningless last week, except for the purposes of Jonathan Gibson, and Jabari Bird, and Kadeem Allen, and other guys who don't often get opportunities, except for the purpose of Aaron Baines, who smashed the double Nets. double in the first quarter. Was it the first quarter or the first half? I th- it was definitely the first half. I think he got it in the second quarter. Finished with twenty six and fourteen. Just a beautiful night. Beautiful night. He was just smashing the Brooklyn Nets. A fun, fun night from that perspective. And then madness playoff. Playoff scenario madness. The Raptors and Heat went into overtime to decide who the Celtics played. The Wizards lost to the Magic somehow to doom themselves to a matchup against the Raptors in the first round. All this is going on while the uh, Wolves and Nuggets are playing a do-or-die game to go to the playoffs that went into overtime. You needed to be in a multi-screen experience, and uh, it was like... It was fun, man. The NBA is it would be amazing. Remember the tournament we had, uh, the play-in tournament, where it's just single-game elimination? Still a great idea. It would be amazing because uh, last night, just watching all those basketball situations was dope. Yeah, so Celtics ended up with the Milwaukee Bucks in round one. We've talked about this for weeks, who the Celtics would want to play. We kept coming back to Milwaukee as the team they should want to play because the Bucks, they're not great. They, they are... Pretty much an average basketball team. They have a ridiculous superstar in Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Butchered that one. Ante, Ante Antetokounmpo? Who knows? We call him the Greek freak. But that's the big question is that you it, traditionally the trope is that if you have the best player on the court, you're going to win the series. And so Giannis, I, clearly he's going to be the best player on the court. I just don't believe in the Bucks. Everyone around Giannis to actually make this competitive. Uh I've been crunching the numbers all day, folks, and they're just, they're not great at anything. Uh, they don't score the ball that well. The, the two things they're really good at are like creating turnovers and scoring on the fast break. And I just think if you get them into a half-court game, it's just basically the Celtics have a very good defense, the best defense in the league. And I just don't, it should be relatively easy for the Celtics to win unless Giannis goes supernova. And even if Giannis does go supernova, I think they can just contain him. They beat him this year when Giannis scored 40. Like, they can just contain him and, um, like, let the other players beat you. Because I just think the Celtics are an overall better team, even with all the injuries right now, than the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. 
one stat that stands out to me is a three-point shooting percentage. Milwaukee's at 35.5%. I believe that they're definitely in the bottom 10 of three-point shooting league-wide. They they just don't space the floor around Giannis. And they've been missing Della Vadova. They've been missing Malcolm Brogdon recently. Brogdon especially will help them. He's good. But they don't have the knockdown threats. And especially against the Celtics defense. You need that, right? Like You need to be able to... to Spread them out and give yourself space. And they're going to be able to help off. They're going to be able to send tons of help to Giannis. They'll probably have Horford start off on him to begin. Horford did, a, I thought, a really good job on Giannis during the regular season. If you look at the stats, the Celtics with Horford on the court were infinitely better against the Bucks this season. I, I think he's going to be a huge, huge factor in the series. I think... The Celtics' discipline, overall discipline, will be big. And the fact that Milwaukee doesn't have a, a great defense either. like Yeah, they're middle of the road on defense. They, yeah. they create a lot of turnovers. They are long, but then those turnovers, like, clearly they lead to points, but they're not, like, in terms of every other statistic, they're just kind of average. Yeah, so there are only two teams in the playoffs that have a worse defense than they do. One is the Timberwolves, and the other is the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, I think this is a perfect matchup for the Celtics. They're they are they're obviously challenged to score points without Kyrie Irving, without so many other guys. But you know, it's not going to be the, a shootout. It's not like because the the Celtics defense is that good and the Bucks offense just isn't that good. They just they don't take a lot of threes either because they're not very good at them. So, but like a majority of their points come from just the uh, mid range shots or at the rim. So I feel like the Celtics. Have a pretty good defense. They're very good at defending the three-point line, but you're right. Their ability to help off, they can just kind of pack the middle. And I just think that the it'll be pretty easy. Like there, there shouldn't be a shootout scenario where if the Celtics aren't missing shot or aren't making shots, they're like out of the game. Like the Bucks just don't have that like pull away scoring. Yeah. So okay, let me ask you this question. It's a little bit of a pessimistic question. If the Celtics do lose the series, what has gone wrong? Uh, shooting, like they just, it's, I think it all comes down to them being bad at like offense if they were having to lose. Cause I just, or Giannis completely goes off and the Bucks do a much better job of like knocking down threes around him. Uh, but if it's, I think the Celtics just like institutionally just have too good of a defense for that to be the thing that lets them down, especially when the Bucks lack so much kind of offensive weapons. But I can totally see that like Tito, Mook and, Tatum all having off nights in a in a game or throughout the series like they're such streaky shooters they're not uh, that consistent where if those guys aren't making shots they don't really have an offense yeah it, it's it's weird because the Celtics are kind of a bad shot taking team now like Marcus Morris can score a lot of points he can get hot he he's had a really good second half of the season he takes bad shots. Like he's but going, you need him to because you need the like points. Those are the type of shots where you can go cold. Terry Rozier, kind of the same thing. Like He's great at pull-up shooting, right? He, he's had a, a great stretch recently of pull-up shooting. He has sometimes struggled near the rim. Their whole team has struggled near the rim. So that would be the fear to me from a Celtics perspective is that all those guys go cold at once. And I think against the Bucks, that's minimized. Because they don't have a great defense. And like I said, like they're one of the three worst defenses in the playoffs. They're, they're to me, just 
kind of an average team. I, I, I do think it's the perfect matchup for the Celtics. I, I would have been afraid. Not afraid. I, I would have respected the hell out of Eric Spolster and the Miami Heat because I think Spolster is a great, great coach. I think the Wizards, obviously, you have to look at John Wall, Bradley Beal. You have to look at how tough of an out they were last season. The Wizards can just score. That. I don't like, know if the Celtics like, they, they could have, have scored. A, or they could have, but you're right. The Wizards, the Wizards were much more have right. a ceiling, I think, that's better than maybe the current Celtics, but definitely the Heat and Milwaukee. I think the offense, like you said, if, if the offense craters, every game will be close. And then Giannis. Giannis scares you because fourth quarter, close game. Sometimes it doesn't matter the defense. Like, he just goes up and just mutilates people. We've seen it happen with Baines trying to defend him. We've seen it happen with Horford near the hoop. Like, he can just make something out of nothing. When you play great defense, he can kind of get around it sometimes. And so, so that's a little scary. Are you scared of, like, Jabari Parker at all taking over a game or, like, Chris Middleton? I was trying to figure out Chris Middleton. He's, like, the second leading scorer, I think, on the Cavs. Eric Bledsoe, too. Not, these guys are all, like, pretty decent players, but it's – they're not anyone, you, like, you think can have, like, a – will take over a game or, like, really swing a game. Like, is, is Chris Middleton going to score 30 points in a game? So – I feel like if the Bucks for them to win the series, they need to have a big performance from someone not named Giannis to, like, swing a game. It can't just be Giannis going for, like, 45 every night. Could it be Eric Bledsoe? I don't think Eric Bledsoe's that good at Ooh, offense. Eric Bledsoe hater. He, I'm not a hater. I just, I'm not a lover either. It's just he's, bit, like, pretty good. He was very good defensively earlier in his career, and now I just think he's, like, a solid guard. I'm also interested to see Greg Monroe's role in a playoff series. I think the way he's utilized will be huge because obviously he can be a problem against certain matchups. Like he can go in and shoot four for five and just mutilate certain centers. But he's also kind of an issue in pick and roll defense. So can you get away with him against Bledsoe, who has great speed? Will Brogdon take advantage of him? That That's another part of this matchup that, to me, is beneficial to the Celtics. Like, Goran Dragic can kill you in pick and roll, right? The Miami Heat kill you in pick and roll. John Wall, we saw what happened the other night when Greg Monroe was in pick and roll coverage. Can the Milwaukee Bucks damage Greg Monroe for being Greg Monroe and kind of punish him for his limitations? Or will Greg Monroe's strengths, the rebounding, the ability to play low-post basketball, will that come into play? Um, I think this is a pretty good matchup for him, all things considered. Obviously, there are some things that we don't know yet, X-Factors. X Do the Bucks go like Giannis at center? Could they, will they That's what I was wondering. Is who, is, who are the Bucks starting or ending five? Like, are they going to run out John Henson to be like uh, keep him on the court? Uh, because I don't think he, that's necessarily the best player. And John Ent, like then I feel like the Celtics immediately counter and would put Horford at the five because he's clearly the center in their best lineup. How do they guard Horford? And then if it's not Henson, you have Malcolm Brogdon on the court. Is it Tony Snell? I just like the 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 Bucks don't are just not that deep of like great talent or even good talent. Like I can only name four guys that I want out there, and then the the fifth guy is complete mystery. Like what makes the Bucks the best? I don't know. I also think this is a Shemi Ojale series. Every series is a Shemi Ojale series. No, but honestly, I was thinking 
that Shemi Ojale might be cut out of the playoff rotation, right? Like Brad Stevens is going to trim the rotation. But against Giannis, you're going to need that, that extra defender. And Giannis is so big that it's tough to guard. I mean, even with Jalen Brown, who's super strong and athletic, like Giannis is so huge and so strong that it's tough to guard him with a guy like Brown, a guy like Tatum. They like to use more size when they can, which is why they've used Horford, which is why they've used Ojale at times. And so I, I think this could be an Ojale series. And I, I honestly think that the last couple weeks, when he was playing without a lot of the regulars and he was kind of getting a rhythm and he scored a couple points off the bounce. He's been damn right aggressive on, um, on offense, which is something that's wildly different. It looks like he has way more confidence. I tweeted the other day that I think he's going to get at least 18 in a game. There's just going to be the Shemi Ojale game because he was like the lead, what was he, AAC, like player of the year. He was like the leading scorer in his conference. He clearly has offensive talent. Uh, it felt like a complete confidence issue, but I'm, I'm a complete believer in, in Semi. It's great to have the, like his defense and just that like thick jack frame to throw at Giannis at any point. Yeah, so I, I do think it'll be a Shemi series. I think could be a Shane Larkin series. The Bucks have a lot of guards. They, they do have some guards, uh, but no, like great guards. Like Brock. Jason Terry, Delhi. Not doing it for you. That's another thing. It's just like the Bucks bench is not like players five through eight are not good, yes. and so it's going to be a lot of the starters. But I just think the Celtics have more depth, and their starters are probably better at every position except for Giannis. Like, is there a player on the Bucks you would rather like? Is Chris Middleton better than Jalen Brown right now? I don't think so. Jabari I Parker. Do like Chris Middleton. No, Chris Middleton's a good player. Chris Middleton needs to shoot more threes. He score like he's just in today's game. He gets a lot of points from just like mid range and like uh, post like fadeaways. And this is all based on I'm acting like I know the like I just scouted Chris Middleton. This is all just based on I asked Twitter people to tell me about him today <laughs> and then looked at his statistics. But I've come to the conclusion that's the type that of evaluation you cannot get anywhere else. Hey, we're honest about our sources here. You, like, I think you should have faith in me to be able to look things up on the internet and like regurgitate that information to you. But Chris Middleton, I'm not impressed. I think Jalen Brown's better than him right now, and I guess Jalen Brown guards Chris Middleton. I just think the Celtics are better or have an advantage at pretty much every position besides whatever Giannis is at that moment. Will it matter that Tatum and Brown are so inexperienced. And Rozier, really? Although he played some... I think Rozier is interesting. And I thought your article today about him talking to Kyrie about the leadership role was really interesting. Thank you. And that's going to be huge in the playoffs. And so I don't know how exactly he's going to respond to that, but I like think a lot of Terry Rozier is playing with confidence and like knowing that he's going to have a role. And so he's been quite good ever since he became a starter. I like... He was pretty damn good last year in the playoffs. Like, playoff Tito is a thing. Yeah. So I kind of have faith in him to kind of show up in the big moments. Uh, and Jason and um, Jalen, they've pretty much been doing it the entire year. I don't yeah. think the moment's going to be too big for them. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's an issue. It's just kind of been like whatever the Celtics have thrown at those guys, they've been able to handle it. That's, I, I feel like it is like a Kaizen thing, though, where it's like, Control what you can control. This isn't a big deal. Like, this is, like, your role. We're going to give you something manageable. Do what you can do and just, like, move on. Like, don't really worry about these things. And so it's just, like, playing basketball at this point. They're they're so, like, kind of just locked in that um, 
it's it's not that surprising that Jason Tatum was just like able to seamlessly transition from like a guy that you think was going to get 15 to 20 minutes a game to just like pretty much starting every single game and like taking everything in stride. I actually do think that's like the kind of a growth mindset approach just because Brad seems to be able to do that with so many different players, just like playing their role and doing exactly what, like what they need to do and not being surprised. And I think it's one of the reasons why they're like, like in a lot of games is kind of that way of thinking just because like, yeah, and I'm not sure enough has been made of what Jalen Brown has done. He's been with, damn good after high, the All-Star break. With a higher usage rate. Like, if you look at his splits, seven games in March, his usage rate was, to that point, the highest of his career. Two shooting percentage, basically 60%, which is fantastic. Fast, he had five fast, threes in the first quarter the other fast night. Fast forward to April, usage rate skyrockets to 272 True shooting percentage, 63.8, which is elite, elite, elite. So he's been doing a lot with increased opportunities. And the fact that he's been able to maintain that efficiency with more opportunities, that's really impressive. And it's kind of been the same with Tatum. Like, he's had a bigger role since Kyrie went down, and the efficiency hasn't gone anywhere. So those two guys, they've just been able to handle whatever's gone their way. I, I do think it's nice to have those guys their length against the Bucks because they throw out Middleton, they throw out Jabari, they throw out Malcolm Brogdon, they throw out Bledsoe. All those guys are long, and so it'll, it's it's good for the Celtics to have that length in the lineup. I'm interested to see how those guys play in the playoffs. Not because I'm concerned for them, just because this is a real opportunity. Like. Guys in the playoffs can make their names, you know, like that. That's where guys kind of have coming out parties sometimes. And I, I, I would have one big series that changes like everything about like your reputation and just your confidence. Yeah. And I would, I wouldn't be surprised if either Brown or Tatum has one of those breakout type moments where everybody's kind of like, whoa, that dude can really go. And both have the potential just because we saw with Jalen, um, just he can knock down if he gets hot. He had five threes in the first quarter. He can kind of throw it in, and then Tatum is just obviously his ability to score is wild, and he can do it from three and just attacking the basket. Um, and it's amazing that like you mentioned, like it's good to have their length on the court. Especially, it's great to have Horford being able to guard Giannis, and then you have Tatum and like Brown and presumably Mook Morris or Baines. Yeah. I think. It's going to be interesting to see what they like, what they try to value, or what Brad values more. Is like, do you use Baines just to start to try to like for defense, or do you try to go smaller with Mook, um, and then Greg Monroe? I just, it's just, what do you think the best lineup is going to be against the the Bucks? I think you go with the typical starting lineup. I wouldn't be shocked if at some point they try to switch Horford to the five, because I think the Bucks will really have trouble guarding him there. Whether it's Henson or Thon Maker or whatever other big guys they have, like unless they switch Giannis to five, I don't know if they can match up with Horford in that role. Um, but then again, like Baines is really important against Giannis, like to have that extra line of defense against Giannis. But if they put Giannis at the five, who do they put on Mook? Jabari Parker. Then who they have guard Tatum like Tatum's huge compared to whoever who they could they could throw on him because they're gonna put Tony Snell on him they just don't have like most of their backups are Brogdon Snell or smaller players I think it's like a super advantage of, uh, with um, Horford at the five because you're right they just don't have 
anyone to guard him really. I don't think Henson can stick with him at the perimeter. Yeah, yeah. So that I think that'll be important. Horford's ability to stretch and play make will be really important against against this team. It's it's gonna be. A, I don't know if it's going to be a fun series. It could be kind of a... It's a playoff, It could be man. kind of a it's slog out series, though. Like, it, it's not going to be a high-scoring series. This will not be one of those high-scoring, like... I was shocked it wasn't on NBA TV. I was thought for sure the Celtics were going to be in the NBA TV. Celtics are a huge draw no matter what. That's true, but just in terms of, like, ranking all the other series... Giannis is a big draw, too. Giannis is a big draw too. Don't don't sleep on the Giannis fact. What is the NBA TV series? I didn't look to see what it was. I I didn't check it out either. Good thing we have the internet. <laughs> one one thing one thing that that's kind of occurred to me while we've been talking is in the lineup the Celtics have um, th- their bracket the potential matchups. Obviously, they're playing the Bucks first round. They'll probably play the Sixers if they make it to the second round. Horford's ability to guard perimeter players who can't really shoot jumpers is huge. <laughs> Giannis like, and Ben Simmons? Giannis and Ben Simmons. Horford is built to guard those guys because he can give them the proper cushion. He's big enough and strong enough to, to impact them and to make them feel him. And he's quick enough not to get blown by, by those two guys. So there aren't many players in the league who can physically kind of handle those guys and it's not like Horford's more athletic than Giannis or more athletic than Ben Simmons he's not but but because he, they can't he, beat him outside he has like he just has to he plays one step back and he has this enough size and agility to to handle to deal with those guys better than a lot of people can so Horford in these matchups especially his defense is always important but it feels like in these matchups especially that's even magnified so this is going to be a big Horford series. I'm excited for it. Big I'm ex- Horford series. He's going to be uh, named uh, NBA All Third Team. I, th- I believe so. And then it's going to be great for him to step up in the series, and all the average Al people can suck a fat one because he's quite good. <laughs> he's struggled. I'm going to admit it. He's struggled the kind of last two, three weeks. He hasn't been amazing, but he's still the best defensive player on the best defensive team in the league. And I'm just. He, you're right, he's going to be very important, and his ability to defend Giannis and Ben Simmons uh, is damn impressive. I'm really hoping that the that the Celtics are e- able to win and the 76ers win, because that 76ers Celtics series would be so much fun. It's just like an up-and-coming team. I actually think the fa- uh, Sixers would be heavily like favored in that matchup. And so the Celtics, as an underdog... Um, the two battles of the two Twitter communities would be wonderful. Um, shout out to Infowars. Um, I just need that series. So I need the Celtics to win, and I'm pretty sure the the Sixers should have an easy time with the Heat. Okay, so you said Horford has struggled lately, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear his stats since Kyrie went down? I would love to hear his stats. Am I wrong? I'd love to be proven wrong in that point. 13 points, 6.5 rebounds, 3.8 assists, shooting... 44% from the field, 43% from deep, and 89% from the line. So he's, he's still been good. <laughs> he's kind of been out Horford. He's been out Horford the entire time. I think the issue is that he hasn't. He hasn't stepped. This is what this is the whole issue. Is like he's got to step up and do his thing. He's like that's not who Al Horford is. He's yeah. not going to just like ISO for five straight possessions and be like super aggressive. Yeah, you're right. I just fell into the same trap. I said he struggled. No, I'm back on Al Horford's side because 
He's been great. That's why he should be All-NBA all third team. He's been the best defensive player. He facilitates the offense. And, it, okay, I apologize. I apologize to the Horford family you're, and you're, to Al. You're back on, back on the Al Horford train, even the last month. So that, that sense Kyrie went down. And I actually, I, no, I noticed that. Because I, I kind of thought the same thing. Like, he hasn't seemed to have as loud an impact, I guess. As he had, had it just it literally feels like they're running the offense through him less. Yeah, but that could also be a product of what we were talking about earlier. Just like this is now a kind of a bad shot offense where they're not running the same kind of plays and doing much motion because it's a lot like okay, if if Mook gets the ball and he has a favorable matchup, we're gonna let it fly. Ahead, <laughs> just like Terry, just run some pick and roll. It's it's it, it feels like it's less Horford out of the high post, but I could just I could be wrong because clearly he's. Still, like, doing Al Horford-like things. Yeah, the, the assist totals have gone down a little bit. The points have gone down a little bit. But still efficient. Still pretty close to his season averages. Al Horford, man, still doing it. He's always doing it. Mr. Mister Reliable, even when people shout him out, shout him down. He's just, like, very grown up and very responsible and just, like, does everything right. He's a, a consummate human being. He, last year, the Celtics did a really good job. And I think the matchups were right for them to utilize Horford, like, he kind of ripped apart Robin Lopez once the Celtics went small in the first round. He then ripped apart Marcin Gortat in the second round. He, he should rip up John had, Henson. He had a great, great playoffs last year, um, and the Celtics really put him in good positions to do that. So I'm interested to see how he steps his game up. We just said he doesn't really do that, but I, I do think the Celtics will put him in, in different situations maybe. And like like the John Henson matchup, they I might... think if they put Henson on like the Terry, the one five pick and roll is going to be pretty important. And can Terry like attack and finish around the rim? That's kind of been the story of Terry's career. It's like he, he just started off doing a lot of fancy stuff, and it never really went in. He's gotten much better at uh, finishing around the rim and doing floaters and stuff. But like if he can score out of that pick and roll, and then you can start having Horford pop. Um, I just don't see how the how the Bucks can defend that. There you go. There you go. Solved it. So there you go. Bucks it's, can't defend it. What's your official prediction? Celtics in six. Celtics in six. I say Celtics in five. Celtics are going to win the first two. Giannis is going to win one for Milwaukee in um, game three, and then the Celtics will make the adjustments, win game four, and then win at home. The underrated thing... See, I, I was thinking about this today. I was like, there's nothing like the playoffs in like Boston. Like it's a it's a crazy environment. But I've never been to a playoff game in any other city. So like of course I think the the environment in the garden is great, but I have nothing to compare it to. But I was I was thinking about this because the aura of that environment and Kyrie Irving, I'm kinda I got a little upset that we didn't get to see Kyrie playing in the uh, the aura of the Garden during the playoffs because he feeds off that aura stuff. He, that game at Oracle, it was like he's, he's Kyrie aura. and Oracle, like he was feeling it. So I thought I, I'm ex I was excited for Kyrie to like play, play in the playoffs in Boston. So I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, I f don't remember how I started this tangent. It was just the uh, Celtics in five is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Gentlemen sweep is what I think I was going for. <laughs> I don't remember how you started that tangent either, man. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. I started talking about auras. I got real, <laughs> real confused, uh, real quickly. Um, what do you think about the rest of the playoffs, though? Hot takes. Give me your, your picks for the rest of the series. Toronto, Washington. Toronto. 
How many games? I think the Wizards are ready to get wiped away. But wouldn't it be hilarious if the Wizards won, like Wizards in seven? It would be... It would be very weird. I just really want the Wizards to win game one because Toronto has lost so many game ones that it'd be funny. It w- just for comedy. It would be very Wizards either way. It would mm-hmm. be very Wizards to sh- finally show up and have like this great competitive series and show they can be competitive with anyone. And it would kind of be Wizards for them to just not show up and... Well, the, away. yeah. Well, they've the had a weird, weird year. Man. They still have a shitty bench, and Toronto has a great bench, and yeah. Toronto's just way too good to like. I just let that happen. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I cannot see Jan Mahinmi keeping, keeping <laughs> no. up with like Fred Van Vliet just scooting it's, by. How is Fred Van Vliet doing? He got hurt in a meaningless game last night. Fred Van Vliet. Let, let's hope he's okay. He's Jay King's favorite player. He's my brother. <laughs> All right, uh, Sixers Heat. Oh, I, yeah, so I think we're both taking the Raptors. Raptors, Sixers, Heat. I got Sixers, Cavs over... How many games for the Sixers, though? You think the Heat can make it interesting? Heat win two. Heat win two. I can't, I can't disagree. I think the Heat are just a solid team who would play like a really... Spolster's a magician, too. Um, and then... Cavs, Pacers. Cavs in four. Really? Yeah. I don't think they're gonna have flipped the switch yet. I think they're they're. You mentioned they're pretty bad at defense. Yeah. And Victor Oladipo is quite good. They also have this man called LeBron James. I don't think he's gonna turn. LeBron James. <laughs> he's not gonna flip the switch yet. Le- I'm gonna say Cavs in five. <laughs> I'll give him that. I just think Oladipo can just win one game by itself. Yeah. Well, he's Le- having a crazy season. LeBron's winning four games by himself. So. Yeah, that's the thing about like. Thinking about who's going to win it all is just LeBron still could do it. I still think the Cavs are the favorite to come out of the East because LeBron is going to play forty-five minutes a game, and he's the best player to ever exist. So he's going to have an impact. Like that happens every playoffs. It's like, oh, you're going to play LeBron for the entire game. You're probably going to win. Yeah, you're going to be all right. Your team's going to. He's be quite all good. Right. He's been to seven straight finals. Like that's there's a reason for that. He's pretty pretty good. Who would you pick coming out of the East right now? I'm still going Cavs. Yeah, it just feels like a, a Cavs. I feel like the Cavs are obviously going to beat Toronto. because it, it would be interesting to see the Cavs get knocked off. So it would, it would be interesting. I think the Sixers have the best chance of doing it at this point. Yeah. Maybe. Because they have the, like, the most, I think the highest ceiling just with like elite talent. Simmons is quite good. Embiid is great. I don't know who, they're, who they guard Embiid with. And then... Just have this Markel Fultz guy coming off the bench who could just be a crazy like spark. They're just, I think the Sixers. Uh, I don't know. I just don't really believe in Toronto and the and the deep bench thing. They just ultimately comes down to Lowry and DeRozan, and I just feel like that's been proven to not work. Uh, but eventually, now, but you just, now there's Fred Van Vliet. Not well, he hurt his ACL or something. I don't know. Fred Van Vliet. All right, so so it's going to be Raptors Warriors in the uh, finals. No, it's going to be Cavs Cavs Warriors Cavs again. Warriors. Again, you don't think the Rockets can pull it out? No, 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 because Steph's going to be back, and then the Warriors are just better. The Warriors are a very good defensive team, and then they have the best offense of the league. Like it's going to be some crazy shootouts. I just I don't think you can win a series of shootouts against the Warriors. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I, I just you have to be like a very good defensive, like an amazing defensive team. Maybe the best defensive team in the league. Maybe if you got added someone like Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, <laughs> you could compete as the best defensive team in the league with in a shootout with the Golden State Warriors. I don't know. I'm just talking. I'm just speculating. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Celtics will not get those guys back this postseason. But there's always a future, and there's always the now. Against Giannis, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Tito, Tito, Mook Morris, Mook Morris. Yo, can you just um, not block me anymore, Mook? I know Mook just went off Twitter, so he's not going to hear this, but it just made me sad. He announced that, and everyone was retweeting onto my timeline. I just couldn't see what Mook said, and I was just like, Mook, I'm a big fan. Please unblock me. I don't think being off Twitter has anything to do with listening to this podcast. That's true, I, but I, maybe I, many people probably link to our podcast I, through Twitter. I assume Mook is probably a subscriber, and so it'll go straight to his iTunes feed. Mook or, has zero idea who I am. Um, do you think Mook knows who you are? Uh, Mook doesn't know who too many people are, man. Mook, Mook just gets... He sticks to himself. Just gets mid-range buckets. He keeps shooting, and he makes it. He was, Oh, man, he's going to be very important for the playoff run. I'm excited. I agree. But I, I, well, I digress. I agree. Let's end it there with a little MOOC talk. Celtics, Bucks, coming your way Sunday. This is your preview. We are the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. If you don't subscribe to us for whatever idiotic reason you don't subscribe to us, search for Lockdown Celtics, iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast. We're the only Monday through Friday Celtics Podcast. We are the best Celtics Podcast ever. You heard and this episode is done. Aha! Yeah, J. King and John Corrales. Locked on Celtics.